As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Oh, hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends, 12.03 a.m. on December 25th. Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn, Bo Wolf here to talk about the Eagles' Christmas Eve game against the Dallas Cowboys, and you thought that it was lining up for the storybook ending. Eagles trailing 40-34, to 34, down six points with a minute 41 left to go. Gardner Minshew. After this emotional week that he has had, gets the ball for the Eagles on their 25-yard line. He completes a short pass to Zach Paschal. He hits Kenny Gainwell for 15 yards. Then he hits A.J. Brown along the sideline for 13 yards. After an incompletion, he lofts one up high. Devontae Smith goes up and grabs it with a beautiful catch on a day when he was a star. Then Gardner Minshew goes up and clocks the ball. They spike it at the 19-yard line with 34 seconds left. Lose a down. And after that, no more completions for Minshew and the Eagles. His desperation fourth down throw lands in the end zone out of A.J. Brown's reach. The Eagles lose to the Cowboys 40-34. to Four turnovers on the day. And they are still unclinched in regard to the number one overall seed in the NFC. They will play the Saints next week. We'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts. But as for what happened tonight or uh, yesterday afternoon, we go to the man who was there, Zach Berman, who you can see has set up a beautiful shot of the Dallas skyline in the background with a reflection of uh, his hallway in his hotel. I'm hoping there's going to be someone who shows up at some point in this episode. <laughs> there will not be. Mistress, could be Santa Claus. 
could be anybody. But this is a bit of a of a foreshadowing for those of you watching on YouTube. Uh, Zach, how are you? Doing well. Looking forward to this podcast. It was a an interesting game to attend. Great atmosphere. Great game to watch. AJ Brown said it was one of the most like fun games he's ever been a part of, uh, which was which was interesting to hear his his perspective. Back and forth, the Eagles had a chance to win. And Did you think when they got the ball that they were going to score a touchdown, Zach? Did you think that this was going to be the Gardner Minshew story on Christmas Eve? Well, I certainly thought it had a chance. They were moving the ball well throughout the game. Uh, they had one timeout in in that case, right? So they were playing against the clock. But no, I, I I certainly thought they had a chance. It was it stood out to me that 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 they did not punt all game, right? They had four turnovers, and then they had that final drive, which resulted in a, on they they lost some fourth down, like you said. But otherwise, they scored on every possession, uh, which goes That's to ten show turnover, ten possessions, six scoring or five scoring drives, four turnovers, one turnover on downs at the end. Yeah. Which which goes to show you this is a game when when they got in their own way and I have a story up up now that kind of takes you inside the locker room and it shows you all the different versions of someone of players saying we shot ourselves in the foot this we you know we we lost the game we we beat ourselves things of that nature and Hassan Reddick said it was a wake up call and something that it's better it happens now than in the postseason. Uh, so it, it, it was interesting to observe. I thought Gardner Minshew played fine to well, you know, he, 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 he moved the ball. The wide receivers were outstanding. And, uh, I, I mean, in, in particular, AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, uh, both of them went over a hundred yards, but turnovers and third down defense, like it wasn't the spectacular things here. It was the basic things, the things they talk about. All the time, you know, if, if you're around the Eagles facility like we are, you hear them emphasize turnovers. You see the signs. Well, they have seven in these past two weeks. They, This is an interesting stat, and, and we can kind of get into it. In, into... Oh, you're, you're muted. Wow, what, what, a, what a good tease. This must be an interesting stat. Okay, so as I was saying two weeks ago, going into the Bears game, they were number one in in the league in in giveaways, right? So so like thirty two, one, however you want to frame it. The, the fewest, fewest giveaways, turnovers, yes. The fewest turnovers by three. They had a three turnover margin, okay. And now there are nine teams, at least as I was writing. I I, I don't know if the Raiders or the Steelers affected that. I have to check. But there were nine. There are nine teams now that have fewer turnovers than them. They have seven in these mm. past two weeks. In their in their two losses alone, they've had 47% of their turnovers in three games. If you include the Bears game last week, 65% of the turnovers, right? So uh it hasn't it's uncharacteristic of them, but these two weeks you're seeing it become more characteristic and something they must fix. Yeah, they're 13 and 0 when they don't turn the ball over four times in the same game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's how the season is going. And yet, despite all uh, all four turnovers, despite being terrible on third down defense, and despite giving up a third and 30 conversion uh, yep. when they were up seven points in the fourth quarter with a chance to really put the heat on, they still had a chance to win at the end of the game. And so I think from a, from a macro perspective, you probably think 
okay, we beat ourselves. Like, you know, these two teams play again in four weeks. If Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, you feel pretty good about the, the Eagles' chances uh, of winning that game. However, there are no guarantees. And as you said, seven turnovers over the past two weeks, it's time for them to tighten those screws of the things that they profess to say are uh, manageable and not uh, luck-based that they can control. And so um, we can talk about the specifics of those turnovers. Uh, I don't know if you want to focus on the offense to start, but um, Miles Sanders, who hadn't fumbled through the first 13 games of the season, has a fumble each of the past two weeks. And his and this game was incredibly costly. Uh, there was a botched handoff with Boston Scott and then two interceptions thrown to Coise Watkins that uh, I think you could – put at least a little bit or maybe about like close to half the blame on Quez Watkins for not really fighting for the ball uh, and getting in the right position. But maybe it's a, a question of uh, this is the third interception thrown to Quez Watkins over the past two weeks. Maybe let's look at somebody else uh, at, on those throws. But um, I think like the, I mean, the offense moved the ball really well. Yes. And as you said, uh, you know, they, they, they had no they had no turnovers or, or no possessions that were ended um, because they just weren't moving the ball well enough. If you if you erase the four turnovers and if you erase like every turnover over the course of the season and you're just doing EPA per play on the non turnover plays of every game, this was the Eagles second best offensive performance of the season, which tells you how well they were moving the ball against a, a defense that came in uh, pretty highly regarded. But um you know, the turnovers count and uh, I don't know where they go from here, but I think like you saw that. I think my big picture takeaway from this game, well, not big picture, but like micro takeaway from the, this game is that you saw how like interested the Eagles offensive staff was in, in crafting this Gardner Minshew game. Mm -hmm. uh, they really planned this thing out. Well, uh, even the, even the first touchdown to Devonte Smith, that was a play that they have been setting up all year long on those little, you know, RPO uh, plays to the, like leak outs to the, to the right uh, or to, to whatever side. And then Devonte Smith fakes the block and, and yeah. right. Um, that, that play they've been like, that's like their money short yardage down play, which they did multiple times against the Cowboys back in week six. They've been setting that play up all year and they saved it for this game. Right. Um, there were a bunch of little wrinkles that you could tell that they were excited about. However, on defense, it was like, I think the generous reading was we don't want to show anything. And Dak Prescott in this game, 24 for 24 for 300 yards and three touchdowns against zone defense, according to next gen stats. He did not throw a single incompletion when the Eagles were in zone defense. And he was like four of 11 when they were in man defense. They lost some people. We'll get to that. Avante Maddox leaves this game. Uh, Jordan Davis left the game. We don't know what happened with with Lane Johnson yet. I wonder if you saw anything in the locker room. But uh, I think if you're if you're being generous to Jonathan Gannon, you're saying he was thinking we're, we don't want to show too much. We're probably going to see Dak Prescott again. Let's save our interesting stuff for the playoffs. If you don't want to be generous, you're thinking, well, we've been waiting to see how they do against a good quarterback. And if they get carved up like they did last year, every time they played a good quarterback and they got carved up by a good quarterback again. So uh, I think that's like the, the big question is what, what to think about the defense, but uh, I'm not doing a good job as a host here, uh, throwing you a, a point guard question, but I'm just unloading my thoughts. What did you, what did you you're say? Doing a good, yeah. You're doing a good job with the show. It's, it's, um, I'm happy listening to the show. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, 
I would say with the defense, you hit it on the head, third downs, right? You need to get off the field on, on third downs. They they did not play well on third downs. And actually, they, they cleaned it up a bit in the second half, but then they let a, a third and 30 go. Right. And, uh, and that's an excuse. Surrendered right their there. first seven third downs in this game in the yeah. first half. Five yards, five yards, five yards, seven yards, six yards, 15 yards. I guess uh, uh, it was actually six of seven, but they was six. The, the one that wasn't, they then converted on fourth down. Yeah. So the seven yeah. drives, yeah. Terrible. So, yeah, two touchdowns allowed on third downs. And that third and 30, you know, the Eagles had momentum, right? They they just took the lead with a Devontae Smith touchdown. They have two sacks. He pushed them back into a third and 30 there. And spoke to Josiah Scott after the game. Miscommunication. He said he was responsible for the deep half of the field. They were in that cover two, it looked like. Uh, Darius Slay let the guy go, assuming that Scott had him there. You you need to make the play, uh, and that 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 was bad. That, that was Slay, a bad play. I think Slay was upset about the call, the defensive okay. call. That's my guess. He was, he was upset about coverage because it looked like on the sideline he and Fletcher Cox were talking. Uh, now you, you you were in the locker room. I was not. Uh, there was a moment they showed like he and Fletcher Cox were talking, and it was like. He was upset, and Fletcher Cox was trying to calm him down. And then I saw what he said in the locker room about, like, you know, everybody has to just execute yeah. the call, which is like it felt like he was pointing fingers at Josiah Scott. But I think I think the undercurrent is, like, he, he didn't think that was the right call in that situation. Interesting. I, I, I wasn't thinking that before you said it. I, I thought that his response there was his way of, like, I, I think he was, first off, I, I it's a heck of a throw. He, well, I, I, I don't think Slay wants people to think that's on him, right? That's, well, that's number sure. one. He's he's a prideful guy, and he he lets Hilton he lets Hilton go there because he's he's assuming Scott is in coverage there. Uh, Scott said that Dallas quick snapped it, and they kind of didn't get their coverage in place until right at the snap. But third and thirty. <laughs> You got to get off the field. There's, there's, there's no 30. excuse. I mean, you get a penalty. No that's excuse. one thing, but come on. And that changes the game. There, that changes the game. So, it I completely uh, changed the game. So, so, so that was bad, you know. And, and it's because the the defense did other things that you know. I mean, they had six sacks. They had a pick six, right? There are are, are things what a that play within, by Josh Sweat. Yeah, there are things that that within themselves, you you look at it and and you say if you get six sacks and a pick six in a game. The defense had a well, that's what was so crushing about the, off the field on third down. That's what and, was and so crushing about the third and 30. It was because this defense needs to make a play, right? Like they, they have been getting, uh, they've been so passive all game long. If this happens in the playoffs, it's going to be a disaster. We need the pass rush to step up and they step up with two sacks in a row. First and that first and second down. They, and then, you know, we, we can debate uh, the, the Linval Joseph potential fumble recovery on the, the Hassan Reddick sack, but that's it. Like, the, the pass rush just went out and made the plays to win the game, basically. They put you in third and 30, and then the secondary lets you down. Um, and that's what is is like so crushing, and you would imagine um, is really frustrating for the defensive line and, and probably for, you know, like Howie Roseman watching. Like, this is what you put together, and then you're going let to let, let, let them get it on third and 30? What are we doing? Yeah, and also you, you think about two plays before that, that third and 30, it – and I'm tying this back into the turnovers, it shows why 
why the Eagles, I don't want to say were, were disingenuous, but kind of missing the ball when they were talking about the turnover differential earlier this year. Right. Because because Hassan Reddick gets a strip sack that, uh, you know, Linval Joseph was – I spoke to Linval after the game. He said he didn't have it. He said kind of the, the Cowboys center fell on it. Um, and, and, uh, he was, he was close. He tried everything he could to get it. But if the Eagles recover that, that's a huge uh, turn of, 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 of events in the game. The Eagles fumble the ball two times themselves and Dallas jumps on it, uh, both times. Right. Right. looked so, like Jack Driscoll had a chance yeah. uh, to recover the Sanders one. Yes. Like that juxtaposition is exactly where the game turned. Exactly. And, and, and so when the Eagles were saying throughout the season that or earlier in in the season that they they emphasize turnovers more than anyone else they drill with the fundamentals i i get all that but but sometimes the ball bounces funny ways and it bounces into your hands sometimes it bounces into their hands other times uh and that was a huge difference hassan reddick like if, if you get off the field there and you're in cowboys territory up seven you probably win this game right so uh, it, it just goes. To I mean, show even if the they get to stop on third and thirty, they probably win the game. But that, and that is sort of like the um, the balance of luck, and you make your own luck in football. Like it's not in, it's not super insightful to say that oftentimes the difference in a game are the way that you know this weirdly shaped oblong ball bounces on the turf, right? Um, and that is the case on that first on that sack. But then you still got third and thirty. You can go out and make the play yourself. And you don't. And so, uh, yeah, there's there's some luck and randomness to it, but also they they did not take advantage of their opportunities. I concur. All right, Zach, why don't we take a little break, compose our thoughts, uh, maybe f- dial in a little bit more on uh, the specifics of the game, what we saw, what you learned from the locker room, uh, maybe what you saw being there, and uh, you know, continue this uh, this holiday merriment. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Welcome back, Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa, how are you? Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. I'm great. I thought you were going to start this by saying uh, Zach moved his location. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that, Zach? What's up with this? Um, the mic was flimsy, so I thought if I moved over to the desk, we don't have the backdrop anymore. But We won't see the other to... person in your room anymore. But <laughs> see, Hey, I you know, we I had Santa Tracker up all day for my little nieces and nephews and i just saw that he's in the u.s now so maybe he's headed zach's way <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> all right zach uh gardner Minshew, 24 of 40 for 355 two touchdowns two interceptions a quarterback rating of 84.9 and 
uh, added a, a quarterback sneak touchdown. Um, I thought it was interesting. You know, there wasn't much of a like huge difference in the way that the offense looked um, without without Jalen Hurts, in, other than the running game. But in the passing game, um, you know, Gardner Minshew had a couple passes to the outside. Um, his average depth of target was like the third deepest of any game for the Eagles this year. Uh, his time to throw was right in the middle of all of all those games. And, you know, he, he did move the ball. What did you make of, of Gardner Minshew's performance? I thought that there were some signs of rust. But overall, I, I thought he did a good job of getting the ball in his playmaker's hands, playing the point guard part of it. In the first half in particular, he was throwing the ball downfield. You saw on the first drive, hits A.J. Brown down the right side. He was, he little was, finding, he was finding Devontae. Devontae made some outstanding catches. Uh, I thought he did a real good job functioning within the offense. And I do give a lot of credit to Steichen and Sirianni because I the – and you referenced this before on in the first segment. Had the Eagles not had their turnover problems, the story of the night to me would have been this offensive game plan, uh, the offensive play calling, like what they did to move the ball as effectively as they did because there were some play designs that were just outstanding. They had receivers running open throughout the game, and I give them a lot of credit there. And – I would say Minshew has a part in that, right? Like they were a backup. They were a team with a backup quarterback tonight. And it wasn't like a lot of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Even by the way, Cooper Rush, when Rush was playing with the Cowboys earlier on, where you, you're so vanilla, you're so basic, and you're just trying to get by with the guy. No, they were running. They were not trying to hide him. They were exactly. leaning fully into what he has. Yeah, exactly. Now the, the three turnovers he was a part of, you mentioned Quez takes some of the responsibility there, and I agree. And uh, Boston Scott, when him on the on the mesh point, what we heard Minshew take responsibility. We don't know exactly what right. happened there. Uh, so he he needs to do a better job taking care of the ball. And there were times that I thought he was a little quick throwing it away, and it was probably mm -hmm. like the emphasis: don't take a sack, don't. He, take and a he sack, was not sacked, sacked, sacked a single time. Yeah, and so I can understand the push pull there. Uh, but, but there were times when instead of throwing it away, I kind of would have liked to see him put the ball in a spot where his receivers can try to make a play. You have AJ Brown out there. Devonte Smith is not known as a, as you know, a strong guy, but he can high point a ball with the best of them. Right. It is unbelievable so, in this game. Yeah. So I would have tried to get them, uh, the ball a, a, a little better. Um, yeah, it's such an it's inter interesting because it's obviously such a different aesthetic experience than Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, Garner Minshew was very jittery in the pocket in this game. Um, you know, he did a lot of like throwing off his back shoulder or about his back foot rather, um, and like you know drifting just a little bit here and there to get away from the rush and you know throwing these like loopy passes. Uh, some of them like borderline uh, hospital balls that were like you know going to get guys hit pretty hard. Um, but but he was very effective. Um, I, I I think that the rust really showed and really came back to bite them in some of the game management mechanics. Um, you saw this. I mean, you could argue that this was a part of the deal on 
the uh, Boston Scott fumble that maybe they just haven't repped that enough, at least live in games. But the the two minute drill at the end of the first half, you know, there was that uh, that false start that Dallas Goddard took um, that put him in a bad spot. And they had to settle for a field goal. I think you know that doesn't happen with Jalen Hurts. But even like throughout that that drive, he didn't really have a. It, it didn't seem like he had a full like calming command of what was going on, which is like something that Jalen Hurts is so good at. And we have seen him be very good at those situational end of half, end of game stuff throughout the season, really more end of half because they've not been in too many close games at the end uh, of games. But, but at the end of the game, I thought the decision to spike the ball at the 19 yard line with 32 seconds left, 34 seconds left and one timeout, um, I thought that that was Minshew led, like the, because of the way that he also did in the first half, like was leaning into that spike, and that was a bad decision, and it really came back to cost them. You do not trade, you should not trade, the loss of down there when you still have plenty of room to pick up a first down for four seconds worth of spiking it versus setting up a play there, um, and it came back to bite them because they then treated those next three plays as if they had to like go to the end zone or, or try to pick up the first down. Um, and I did not think that uh, I would imagine that that is like, if you were expecting the uh, rust of not having actually played in a live game since last season as the starter to show up, that is when you would expect it to show up. And I thought that that really cost them at the end. I would agree. Uh, now it's one of those things that when I went back and looked at it, it stood out to me even more. Uh, in the heat of the moment there, though, when you're situational awareness is very important. The Eagles obviously wanted to conserve that timeout. But like you mentioned, there were ways around it. And it sounds like you're putting the Goddard penalty on Minshew. I think I am. Okay. I didn't get now, maybe it's, I mean, it's just on Goddard. But I feel, like, yeah. I feel like part of it was like the freneticism that Minshew was – was like doing things with at the time. Well, that was coming from the sideline to spike it there, right? So I don't know if that, uh, you know, you could, I could see on the, on the sideline, they were, okay. they, they were telling them to hurry up and spike it uh, because they wanted to save that timeout. That wasn't a Minshew decision in that situation. Okay. Uh, as far as the spiking in the second half, I wasn't watching the sideline there. I was watching the field. So I don't have, good insight on that that's something we can find out this week did you know did you notice on the the spike at the first half the the goddard penalty um like Devonte smith throwing up his arms in frustration yes i did i i thought this was a game where um the connection we made over the summer of Devonte smith to organism from um players to shout out to tony ascenda uh like really showed up like okay I think Devontae Smith is like um, he's got more dog in him than anyone else on the team. I think I mean, maybe you could argue Jalen Hurts, but I think he is like so um, like built for the moment and is so aware of everything that's going on that like stupid mistakes really frustrate him. Um I don't know. I can see that. So a, a, a cool Devontae Smith nugget here. I don't know if it has anything to do with what you just mentioned, but it could potentially. Uh, so you know how after the game, and, and you've written about this, Howie Roseman stands by the locker room and and like fist pumps everyone as, as they come in, fist 
a fist bumps everyone as they come in. And today, uh, Brennan Graham was the last guy off the field. And in the corridor to the locker room, Howie was there, but then Devontae was there. And Devontae was waiting for everyone, like greeting everyone as as they came in. So uh, very much a a like a leader on this team, hmm. even though he's 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 known for how quiet he is. But uh, I would he's agree so with good, man. Yeah. What did you think of his uh, touchdown celebration? Good question. What did you, yeah? I mean, what were they doing? Taking the presents away from the Salvation Army was that the idea? Are they the Grinch? Maybe what? He put a mask on. Oh, okay. And it was I the Grinch. Watched it. Yeah. Kicked down the door, and then took the presents. I respect it. I liked it. I like all no creativity. takes that. Yeah, no, I don't have a strong take on. You like it. all creativity? We don't need to go down. Do we? Do we think Zach needs to refresh? Yeah, I was just gonna say, Zach. I think the the cord is getting a little messed up at the bottom. On the of mic. The mic. Mm-hmm. I'll jump give give jump that bad in. boy a reload. Yeah. yeah. Do the hokey pokey. Turn yourself around. Yeah, I don't. I was hoping that it kind of fixed itself, but it started to get a little bad there. We got to watch our audio, you know, after last show. So, so Marissa, is Michael getting a visit from Santa or is that? Of course he got a visit from, you know, he got a visit from Hanukkah, you know, Hanukkah he gets, Harry? yeah, he gets lots of gifts, but uh, I'm back home. So I'm with my family and my mom still spoils me. Like I'm still, you know, I, and Santa still spoils me, obviously. So yeah excited for that but now can you tell can you tell us about uh michael's white elephant gift exchange uh win from the browns offensive line yes so so the browns offensive line does a white elephant every year um and uh what gift did michael get like he he purchased an electric scooter okay um like one of those bird or uh uber ones um and the first gift first round he got before it was stolen was a Traeger grill, which we have. So he texted me like, I got a Traeger. I'm like, we are not having two Traegers. Someone needs to steal that from you. Um, then he didn't even tell me this because he didn't want to get his hopes up and he did end up losing it. He got two courtside Cavs tickets. Hmm. Um, which well, I think what he ended up with is much better than that. Really? So he ended up with a uh, NBA jam arcade game, which is currently in my car in Cleveland. And it took two guys to put in it. Um, and I said, what are we doing with this when, you know, you get home and he's calling me, he said, well, it's staying in your car until we move back <laughs> to New Jersey. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? So I have to drive around with NBA jam arcade game in the back of my car. And because the weather was so bad in Cleveland, it was actually pretty good to have like the weight in the back of my car okay. over the past few days. But yeah, um, interesting O-line gift exchange, but it's like one of his favorite days every year. So yeah, we'll be adding that to my parents' basement because, you know, our off-season house is not really <laughs> – we don't really have that set up yet. We don't really have one. <laughs> what? So, uh, yeah. How much to take it off your hands? <laughs> I'll drive it right to Philly. <laughs> Deal. Done. Does Casey want it? <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds fantastic. Are you kidding me? That yeah. sounds we'll awesome. We'll have to have you guys over once, once we have it set up. Yeah, so. I'm coming over. Yeah. Me and Kenny. <laughs> yes. All right, Zach, how you doing? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Oh, yeah. No lag at all. You sound great. Good. Good. Um, uh, Okay, we talked about Minshew. 
anything else about the offensive game plan that that stuck out to you? And and what do you make of um, Miles Sanders in this game? Twenty one of uh, twenty one carries for sixty five yards, and it was interesting. I actually um, maybe this will will be the opposite of what you might expect, but I thought he was running really well in this game until the end. Um, and I was like surprised that he wasn't getting more carries early in this game. I thought he was running hard. Um, I thought he looked really good. And then the second half, they, they sort of got away with from him. And he obviously made that, that really, um, you know, undefendable uh, fumble. It's, it's kind of like the contrarian bow that when he rushes yeah. for his career high, you say, yeah, uh, just imagine if they had a real running back and then he, he rushes for 3.1 yards per carry on 21 carries. And you're like, he's running really well. Um, I didn't think this was a great Miles Sanders game, to be honest with you. I, I thought Dallas really seemed to go in trying to limit the Eagles running game. I imagine their thinking was with Minshew at, at quarterback, uh, the Eagles would focus on running the ball and it, it was an emphasis of theirs. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't think miles was particularly effective in terms of, you know, picking up chunk plays. Uh, there were, like that fumble pretty hard. Yes. And he, he took responsibility for it. And I was speaking to Jordan Maialata after the game and Jordan said he, he, he took it really hard and look, it, it was a, uh, it was a bad fumble in a really bad. It was in a really bad time, right? If he fumbled it in the same spot in the first quarter, we're talking about it, but probably not of the, of the same consequence as the. So the defense, look, I the defense did a decent job holding them to three after that Minshew interception, right? So Minshew throws the interception, the one where you say it's on Quez or partly on on Quez when. Well, which one? Tied. Both of them, you could say that. Well, no, the fourth quarter one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the game's tied. Dallas gets the interception. Eagles hold them to a field goal. All right. Then the very first play after the Eagles hold them to a field goal is a fumble. Can't happen there, right? Brutal. Defense goes right back on the field. Chance to go win the game. Yeah. So, no, did did not think this was a good Miles game. Even before the fumble, um, they weren't able to get enough chunk plays there. They weren't doing enough in the running game. Uh, I, I thought the way to move the ball today was through the passing game. I think they – Saw some mismatches in the secondary there, but they did commit to getting Miles the ball. 21 carries. You can't argue about that. And when you have 21 carries, you need more than 65 yards. So, uh, yeah, not the best day for uh, Miles. But overall, with the offense, I think uh, I think having Goddard back was huge. Uh, Goddard changes things. He needed more targets. Field. He did. I agree. Uh, Quez, they, 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 they keep targeting Quez. Right. I mean, he had five targets tonight, one catch. Yeah. And there are times where I, I remember the conversation. He was wide open for what should have been a touchdown on one yes. miss misfire from Minshew. But yes, uh, on the first drive of the game, correct? I think it was one where they ended up scoring a touchdown still. I think it was maybe the second okay. offensive drive. So, so my, so, uh, what I was about to say is I, I remember us speaking after the, after the Detroit game and a sentiment that we had. That 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 night um, was that I think he had 16 targets that game for uh, I, I think A.J. Brown had 16 targets and it was like they should throw it to him more because he catches the ball when they throw it to him. Well, A.J. Brown tonight had eight targets. He caught the ball six times for 103 yards. Quez Watkins had five targets, caught the ball one time. There were two interceptions on the on the plays targeted to him. Um, I don't put that. Dallas Cutter had three targets and yeah. caught all three for 67 yards. Yeah. So it's get it's him the, the ball. Cut, 
it's the type of thing too where I I get you throw it to the guy who's open, but throw the ball to AJ more, throw the ball to Dallas Goddard more. Uh, good things tend to happen when you throw those guys the ball. Shocked we never saw the the Dallas Goddard screen in this game. That's a good point. Uh, all right, I, I think we've, you know, the offense did a very good job, mm-hmm. other than the turnovers. You can't really say other than the turnovers because that was the difference in the game. But I think our expectation, or if if I can speak for you, is that if Gardner Minshew is the quarterback again next week, and uh, you can tell me what Sirianni said about that after the game, but you would feel pretty good about their ability to to move the ball next week too. Yeah. I, I would say that there's little to worry about with Gardner Minshew. And if you're an Eagles fan, which I imagine anyone watching this at 1239 back home, 1139 here, and wherever you are around the world on Christmas Eve or Christmas, you're an Eagles fan. Uh, Santa is actually listening. <laughs> uh, you should leave this game encouraged by Gardner Minshew and encouraged by the offense. And perhaps that's a uh, an optimistic spin on a game when you have four turnovers. But I, I, I thought Gardner did some things today that are going to translate well to next week against New Orleans. Uh, and I'm presuming it is Gardner Minshew. Nick Sirianni said that if Jalen's cleared, he's going to play, uh, that Jalen's their starting quarterback, and it's, it's it's just a matter of him getting cleared. And it, it, it's not a matter of them still being in, in contention for still vying for the top seed as opposed to clinching it. I don't anticipate Jalen Hurts starting next week. It could happen, like Nick Sirianni says, you never rule things out with Jalen. Uh, but there was I, an Adam Schefter report today that that he would push to play yeah. if they lost this game, right? But yeah, and and Jeff McClain from the Inquirer reported earlier the, in the, in the week, two weeks is the thought on this. Um, I said when the injury occurred that I don't think we'll see Jalen until the playoffs, and I still don't think we'll see Jalen to the playoffs. I think. The Eagles are going to beat the Saints next week, wrap up the one seed. Then um, maybe if the Eagles lose to the Saints and it's it's a dire situation, you know, the car, the the Cowboys win next week and it's a win and in situation. The Eagles need that week 18 game and Jalen's cleared to play. You put him out there. But I'm still operating as if we're not going to see Jalen until the postseason. Now, Jalen did travel. Uh, he was a presence on the sideline in the locker room after the game. I mean, he was he was a presence in the locker room. It's interesting, Jalen Hurts in the games that he starts versus the games he doesn't start. Right? Like he was he was sitting there with his teammates today in the locker room, like recap. You know, he was chatting with Ian Book about what happened in the game. Chat. So, like he was he was very much involved in the general conversation after 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 the game. He was. He was a, a very he was a very involved, engaged teammate. That's that's one thing that stood out to me. And they said on the broadcast, Aaron Andrews said it, uh, and she was on the sideline that Jalen was trying to pick his spots, and yes, that 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 was probably the case. But you know, in I I had my binoculars fixed to the sideline often, and and Jalen was 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 not like standing to a side. He was he was in the mix. So uh, that that did jump out to me. Um, did you hear anything or see anything in the locker room, Zach, about the injuries to Jordan Davis, who was evaluated for a concussion and declared out? Avante Maddox, who left with a toe injury yeah. after sacking Dak Prescott and did not return, and Lane Johnson, who left in the fourth quarter and did not return. Yeah. So I know Lane Johnson's the injury that most Eagles fans want. 
Um, when Lane was walking out the locker room, I was actually in the Minshew press conference. Other reporters who who were not at the Minshew press conference or were in there had had noted that um, I believe it was Minshew. Maybe it was the Sirianni press conference, but for one of them, that he he walked on his own power. He he had his I think like hip midsection area wrapped up, whatever it may be. Um, so we'll get more there. I saw Avante Maddox walking boot on. I think it was his right foot, but on, on on one of his feet. He has a toe injury. He was in a boot, was not on crutches, was in a boot. Jordan Davis was sitting there, was um was with his teammates. He's he's not allowed to talk uh to the to reporters while in the concussion protocol. That's what that injury was. It was a it was a concussion. Uh but he was there in the locker room. It, it wasn't as if he was like sequestered or anything like that. But I, I, I know the Lane Johnson injury is the big one, and we will uh, try to get more information on that. But from what I understand, he he walked out on his own. And then, yeah, I did have eyes on Avante. He had a walking boot on his foot. All right. Uh, the defense, Zach. I want to get the uh, – uh, hold on. I'm going to credit um, Josh Tolentino from the Inquirer here because uh, he did spot Lane, and he tweeted this saying – uh, let me pull this up here. Um, uh, he just walked out of the locker room. He's moving around on his own power. He's wearing a wrap around his waist groin area. Yeah. Lane, that is. Lane, yes. Okay. Um, on defense, Zach, um, we were curious about what the safety picture was going to look like in this game. It looked like they started with the rotation that um, we sort of hinted at, that uh, in base defense it was still Avante Maddox, and then the rest of the time it was Reed Blankenship. Once Avante goes down, it's Blankenship full-time, and Josiah Scott comes in. And uh, it really did seem like the Cowboys' game plan was to try to take advantage of the Eagles' secondary in the middle of the field. And C.D. Lamb had uh, 10 catches on 11 targets for 120 yards and two touchdowns, most of those coming in the middle of the field. And I think this is where, like, you would hope, at least, that this was maybe an example of the Eagles not trying to overplay their hand in how they would like to defend CD lamb if it really came down to it. But maybe that is too generous. Because yeah. I think you're being too generous. We haven't really seen them have to solve this kind of problem. And it, it didn't, it, it's not like they were like letting them do it on purpose. Yes. Uh, now this is for all of our listeners. Mark this down is probably the first time that, but was more optimistic about the defense than I am. Um, I think you are being too generous. I think as the personnel is currently constructed, and especially without Avante Maddox, the middle of the field is problematic, right? Now, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is, is eligible to return off injured reserve this week, but as, as, as formidable as Reed Blankenship was um, in replacement, uh, he, he, he does have certain limitations, and they're not the same in the middle of the field without CJ back there and especially without Avante Maddox back there. And I think that what you saw in those weeks when Josiah was in there and when Blankenship was in there, uh, you weren't playing the same level of offense and you weren't playing the same level of quarterback. Perhaps the only difference being uh, the Packers game, right? Aaron Rodgers is a high level quarterback, but even there, uh, Christian Watson had a big game there. Um, Reed Blankenship sunned him. Yeah. Um, so I look at it as, if you are an opposing offensive coordinator, this is where you're trying to exploit the Eagles. Darius Slay and James Bradbury are 
perhaps the best cornerback combination in the NFL. Although both guys had had some down moments in this game. I thought more in zone than in man. Okay. And that and and that bears your stat out, right? That Prescott yeah. was perfect in zone. And maybe like you said, Jonathan Gannon's playing the long game here. Uh I did say on the pod the other day that despite what the Eagles are saying publicly, I do think they're preparing for what they might see the, the the reality that they might see the Cowboys in the first postseason game. And I thought you made a good the point. Probability. That, yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought you made a good point that offensively you don't really have to worry about that because if you have Minshew, you're running a different offense with Minshew than you are with Jalen. Defensively, maybe there are certain looks or certain ways you would cover CD Lamb or pressure Prescott that is different. Um so yeah, per- perhaps you do deserve credit uh or I, I, I should say you're right on in saying that they were being purposely conservative. Um, but I think this is where the Eagles are vulnerable in the middle of the field with those safeties in particular, in particular without CJ Gardner Johnson. Hmm. So what's your level of concern? Very little. Now I, 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 uh, amend that in saying I have very little concern that they are, the one that the, that they're the one seed. I think they're going to win next week. I don't think this game changes anything. I think about the season, but I've been saying it's not a it's not like a cakewalk to the Super Bowl, right? I think the Cowboys are a really good team that they're going to challenge you. They can challenge you in different ways. You saw Dak Prescott passing the ball. The Eagles won tonight. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Cowboys won tonight without a big Tony Pollard game. We've seen these big Tony Pollard games that he's had in the past. Um, so yeah, it, it won't be just an easy walk to the Super Bowl. And we, we haven't even gotten into some of the other teams that they could see like San Francisco who keeps on winning. Right. Um, but, uh, overall, this doesn't change much. It, it reinforces that the turnover margin is so significant. Right. And they were fortunate last week. They escaped against the bears despite three turnovers, right? Cause the bears are a bad football team. Um, if you turn over the ball like they did, you're going to lose. It's not a coincidence that the two games they have four turnovers are their two losses this season. Um, and if you want the scene from the locker room, it was like every, and I, I mean this literally every corner of the locker room because there was one corner I talked to Jordan Mailata, one corner I talked to AJ Brown, one corner I talked to Linval Joseph, one corner I talked to Hassan Reddick. Four corners over here. Yeah. Um, and actually, with the way it's constructed, it's almost like there's eight corners, right? Because there's two sides. Um, and I was talking to guys on uh, all around offense and defense. Big flex. And big f- they're doing my job. Not big flex. Right. Um, and it was, if I mean, I'm plugging my story here. If you check it out on on the athletic, I have a a little scene at the, at the top where four different players are saying four different ways that they 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 can't play this way. Like Linval Joseph was 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 very honest that said you know the cowboys play better the the things that the eagles talk about doing forcing turnovers and uh and not turning the ball over it's what the cowboys mostly did tonight the cowboys beat them the way the eagles want to beat teams so uh all it does is reinforce that 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 the eagles aren't this uh they they haven't cracked the code for how to limit for how to limit turnovers right it has to be reinforced. It's be mindful of it all the time. If there's any reason to be concerned, it's that Dak's one of the best quarterbacks they've seen so far this season. 
and he did have his way passing the ball. And if they brought back reminders of last season, I can understand it. The fundamental difference between this season and last season is the pass rush. They had six sacks tonight, right? Um, they were pressuring Prescott. They they had an interception based on, um, I don't want to say based on the pass rush, but what a Josh play Sweat. that was by yeah. Josh. Unbelievable play. Yeah, I spoke to Sweat about it. He said he was gassed. Like he was, but he said yeah. he knew Dak. Yeah, he had was no really chance. like he was really like galloping. Yeah, he said like he that. knew Dak had no chance to tackle him, but he said he was exhausted. He said like he saw that fog come and he's like, oh man, like I'm catching this. It was right. But it was it was good reaction. It was such a clean pick. Yeah. And look, he he read the play action. He he moved there, but he he got into the backfield. He was free. He 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 got off his his blocker. Uh, Hassan Reddick, two sacks tonight. Like I brought up, here's a little scene. I brought up to Hassan that he now set a career high, you know, 13 sacks. He said, "Well, fact check that 14." I meant like the 13th sack broke the career high, but he had mm. two sacks, so he's up to 14 sacks on the season, um, setting a new career high. Uh, they were they can get after you, and they couldn't last year. So what would encourage me, if you think about that postseason game against Tampa Bay last year when Brady had his way, the Eagles weren't getting pressure, right? And I know they were playing without Graham. They were playing without Sweat that day. But this defensive line, even on a game when yeah, – Ryan Kerrigan was running like a man with yeah, his hair on fire. Yeah, so the Eagles can get after you there. And I'd be encouraged by that, but the they need to do a better job getting off the field. I think I am a little bit concerned about the defense, okay. even if you know there's the possibility that they were they were playing a little bit vanilla. But yeah, I mean, we just haven't seen them have to play a really good quarterback, and you know, we're talking about the stakes of like can this team go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl? You know, the NFC is not loaded with those great quarterbacks, and maybe it's a, it's it's like a little bit folly to be like worrying about a Super Bowl matchup. But yeah, I think that like Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen would have their way with the way that, that the Eagles play um, so passively on defense sometimes. And so maybe it was also interesting. Like there, there were some like like that first um, conversion that the the Cowboys had on third down. Like Gannon dials up a really nice blitz on third and five. Yeah, Devontae Maddox, Maddox gets yeah. home. He's free, and it's like that's just bad luck, right? Like sure. Uh, Dak sort of weasels his way out of it and, and and completes it. But from that point on, it seemed like they were you – no, know, they did send a few blitzes, but um, it seemed like – I mean, obviously, the, the stats of the zone bear it out. 24 for 24, that's insane. Like, um, I think that they can be a little bit just too easy to dice up sometimes. And, and in the playoffs, when the margins are thinner, I think that's going to be – it could be an issue. Where I would counter with you, and yet, and you are correct, it could be a, an issue – I think this is also personnel related, and I don't know if C.J. Garner Johnson is going to be healthy and when, and I don't know what Avante Maddox's injury status is, but I think this is a significantly better secondary when you have a healthy Maddox and you have and you have healthy Gardner Johnson, um, and C.J. in particular, uh, and it's not just his ball hawking ability, but I think from a coverage perspective, right? There have been times this year when he's out of position, but he can cover better than Blankenship can. And I, 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 yeah, I think that fair. would be an upgrade for the Eagles. That's fair. All right, Zach, let's get to break. Come back, talk swooper, and uh, wrap this bad boy up.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Bozak and Marissa back on Birds with Friends, and we had a little bit of a uh, a swooper controversy. This uh, is crazy. Uh, coming out of the last uh, event from Friday or Wednesday's show, uh, I I forgot to to give my my third proposal. How did we all skip over this? He forgot, Zach. Yeah, yeah. That's not why I wouldn't do that intentionally. I had the most turkeys left. I was the one who most stood to benefit by there being an extra thing out there. You never know. Now, uh, if uh, if you I gotta are, watch, uh, go back and watch the tape because I haven't had time to do that yet, and I'm not sure how it happened. But yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I should have have done it. But uh, if you are a well-adjusted person, uh, well-adjusted enough to not be following uh, the controversy on Twitter. Um, my proposal was going to be Dak Prescott has more turnovers than Gardner Minshew. And, uh, Dennis said, um, if that happens, both of you get a point, which I thought was harsh. Um, and I was not going to accept if it happened. Luckily it didn't happen. The fact so. that it didn't happen, you accept it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a ridiculous penalty, but okay. We'll say that I accepted it. Uh, nevertheless, uh, lots of lots of balls in the air here. And I remember I was up eight to four to two. Zach with four, Marissa with two. Only one point up for grabs this week. Zach, an eagle reaches double-digit sacks for the season in this game. Josh Sweat gets a sack, goes to ten and a half, one nail for you. The Eagles play a season-low percentage of eleven personnel. The current low was fifty-seven percent against Dallas in Week Six. Early on. It looked like they were leaning into these uh, heavy tight end sets, but as the game went on, they basically abandoned them, and they actually ended up playing their third highest percentage of 11 personnel of the season in this game, 81%. I think a little bit of that is weighted by uh, being on the field in some uh, two-minute drill situations, but did not happen. Gardner Minshew has a passer rating of at least 100. Did not happen, 84.9, so Zach finishes with one nail. Marissa, Devontae Smith reaches 1,000 yards receiving for the season. He needed 99 yards to get it done, and he was a beast in this game. Eight for 113. Marissa on the board. An Eagles pro bowler scores a touchdown, not a pro bowl alternate, unfortunately. So two touchdowns for, guard, for Devontae Smith, one for Josh Sweat. Neither count. I'm At afraid. first when Josh Sweat had that i thought he was and i was like yeah i get it so early and then i checked the list and i was like oh he was an alternate brutal brutal brandon graham reaches double digit sacks for the season didn't happen in this game but that means you continue to own this as the season goes on he had so a half a sack right he had a half a sack so he uh he's at nine now so he needs just one more and the eagles will then become the first team in nfl history with four players with at least 10 sacks you had the uh, the one that never had a chance. The third Miles Sanders carry happens on the second play of the game. Sorry. No. <laughs> and the Eagles win the game with the turkeys spent 
pardoned if they covered the four and a half point spread. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. So you tie Zach with one. I had Jalen Hurts and Ian Book play the same number of snaps in the game. That did hit one for me. Dallas Goddard ties or exceeds his career high for touchdowns in a game, which was two or receiving yards in a game, which is 135, did not happen. And the Eagles have more passes than runs. They had 29 runs in this game. Garner Minshew threw the ball 40 times. That's two for me. And your boy is up to nine on the season with the most turkeys in hand. It's yeah, tough. Congratulations. Great for you Merry guys. Christmas. It's like worse than getting coal in your stocking, I think. <laughs> I was very upset about Santa knows who's been naughty and who's been nice. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's rewarded. Well, we had, yeah, we had one fewer turkey to play or, or one right. fewer submissions. Right. So. What if Zach yeah. got to bid on that? Zach could But I would have won that bid anyway. The only the only thing is I would have fewer turkeys left. Well I don't know. There's an asterisk on this week. So when it comes Listen, down to it all, yeah. Dennis gave his ruling and then it, it didn't end up mattering. No, I think he said Zach and I should get a point, which would if that if my thing had happened, I if think the general if no, that is not what he meant. He meant if Dak Prescott had more turnovers than Gardner Minshew. On the list of things that are going to keep me up tonight, the swooper will not be on that list. OK, so. give us the top three <laughs> things that are going to keep Zach up tonight. Well, I, I, I'm i going to try to watch this game some um, to catch it. So I have a little like a less six o'clock flight, Zach. I know, but I want to try to free myself up tomorrow. And I'm still a little wired after that. Why the can't you watch it on the plane? Uh, boy, it, it work with Wi-Fi on the plane? If it will, that'd be great. I could do that. Can you? Maybe. I can't download it now. Oh. We don't. It, it, if, if I was a member of the team, yeah, I, I could get mm -hmm. it downloaded. Yeah, we don't get it downloaded. We need Wi-Fi. Uh, no, and then I'll be going through my – I have to read what the other guys wrote. Uh, but in any event, just Swooper will, will not keep me up tonight. There's only two. You need one more. We don't need to get into that. Um, so, 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 I, I, I would say some other takeaways from the locker room is uh, I mentioned earlier in speaking to Hassan Reddick, he was, he was adamant that like it was good this happened now. Zach EJ Smith chiming in on the chat. Oh. turn EJ Smith the turncoat. But Thank who you. has already <laughs> let his uh, true allegiances be known that this is the show that he I don't have 4K. Do I need 4K or, or can you? He go says YouTube, YouTube 4K lets you download. Yeah. Is it just regular YouTube TV? Because I have the regular one. I don't have 4K. Well, meaning he, spe he specifies 4K. He so. specifies. But then the truth says YouTube TV. All right. Anyways, something to think about. Uh, I, I will find out. Um, Hassan Reddick said uh, – he said, "This is good. This happened now because this is these are things that uh, will will get you in the playoffs, right?" And it was interesting the the way he framed it. I'm gonna pull up the quote here because he he said they're a really good team that hasn't really. Been what would Hassan Reddick know about what happens, what matters in the playoffs? Because <laughs> he hasn't been in the playoffs. Um, but I thought this was interesting. He said, uh, "He said we've been winning so much." You kind of get complacent. I'd rather it happen now than the postseason. Uh, that was interesting. AJ Brown was was very much like he said. This was not a loss. This was a lesson. Mm. 
He said, you should have said that about Super. I like that, Zach. Yeah. That's, he said, store that one away. He said, so much to learn. No need to be down. It's not a loss. It's a learning experience. That's what he said. Uh, so, yeah, that that was very much, um, you know, part of the takeaway. Jordan Mailata, uh, I thought this was interesting perspective where he he was about how they are after turnovers, which they haven't really had uh, many of them this year until recent weeks. But he said, when adversity strikes, it's not like bleep you. Guys are positive. We reinforce it. That's why I know this team is different. That's why I know we'll be all right. We'll be all right for next week. It's going to be a long plane ride home. But with the locker room we have, I have no worries. Um, no worries, so, mate. Yeah, so it was it was very much like these guys were, were taking it on their back. But there wasn't a lot of concern in that locker room. Fletcher Cox, I think I mentioned this earlier, said the locker room was pissed off, uh, which I imagine you would be when you lose to Dallas and uh, on Christmas Eve. But again, I don't think what's that? That were you about to say it's better to be pissed what? off than pissed on? <laughs> <laughs> because that's your is that what you're about to say? You know me very well. I'm, but I'm I, glad yeah. that I got you to say it. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, but overall, yeah, just to give you a sense of the locker room, I've been in locker rooms in the past where it's like shell-shocked or it's concerned uh, or it's apathetic. And tonight it was very much like, yeah, we know what went wrong. We can fix this. We'll be fine. And I think that's probably right. But we'll find out. Marissa, what's your take on this EJ situation? I mean... We know what pod he joined first. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I right? think that matters, right? So you want to know what EJ was a great guest. So I'm, I'm very happy that he uh, he picked Birds with Friends to, to join first. So. That pod's something Thanks that kept me him. up at night. Yeah. We had, that was not, a, I take that on me. We got to do a better job with the audio there. That's on me. Um, Zach, it's, should, not, it's not, kind of, it's kind on of, all of us. Kind of a crazy <laughs> take out of you, but. Yeah. If that keeps you up at night, I'm. No, uh, but uh, yeah, no. EJ was a good guest. I, I enjoyed hearing hearing his perspective. We will we will have him on again, and we will have like the clearest audio. It will be picture perfect. Yeah, but I feel like he has to declare his allegiance again. <laughs> now that it's somewhat in question, I guess it's not a question. He came he came to us first. That's that's all that matters. Yeah. All right. Uh, Zach, any final thoughts about uh, the game and or uh, what we should expect over the next few days? Do you think we're going to get another week of obfuscation as regard to the identity of this week's starting quarterback? Yes. I think next week will be the same as this week, just with more days, right? I think you'll at the earlier, early in the week, it'll be Jalen wants to play. I'm not going to rule Jalen out. We'll see. And then I imagine as they get closer to the week, it'll be, yeah, he just didn't make it. To this week, that's what I anticipate is going to happen. I I could be wrong there. Uh, big picture takeaways here: they need to win next week, okay? And I'm not saying that like it's a must-win game, but you don't want this going down the week seven to week eighteen. I keep saying week seventeen to week eighteen. Say Dallas wins next week, and you go into week eighteen against a really motivated Giants team, right? Or maybe the Giants. Yeah, you don't want that. Work. Yeah. You don't want that. And, and 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 by the way, the Saints have some momentum here. You don't want the Saints to win for their draft pick, right? 
Uh, you you want to keep that pick? That pick right now is all the way 10. up to down to number 10. So, exactly. Uh, you want to keep that in the top 10? A loss can probably – a Saints loss will probably help you there. So uh, if you were afraid of the Eagles collecting rust, sitting out, you know, three weeks going into the playoffs or whatever, it may be, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, I was talking to players tonight who, who said they wanted to leave here with a T-shirt and a hat. Um, that didn't happen, but they said now they'll have a chance to do it at home, which they'll be able to do. So uh, it's it's a big week. It's a big game. There's a lot of injury status. Stati is plural status. Stati. I think statuses. You can say really. Is I thought anything with us was okay. I could be wrong. Um, Platypi. Yeah. <laughs> injury status of or maybe just status can be plural. The injury status of multiple players. Right. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Davis with the, with the concussion. Lane Johnson, it happened too late for us to know what the injury is, but that will be one to monitor. Avante Maddox with a toe injury. And then Chauncey Gardner-Johnson eligible to return off IR this week. So all of this is going to be worth uh, monitoring. It's going to be a busy week. Uh, we will hear from Nick Sirianni, not tomorrow. Let's let Nick enjoy uh, in, enjoy Christmas uh, enjoy Christmas with his family. As well as the reporters, and then um, we'll we're gonna. Nick. He's coming over. <laughs> we'll hear from. I I wish. I wish. I I, I, I don't. probably ask. I can ask better questions than Nick there than tonight. Um, then we will speak to Nick on Monday. Coordinators are Tuesday. Back in the locker room on Wednesday, and uh, nothing more I enjoy than a Sunday one o'clock game. So looking forward to that. Uh, the plural of status can be either status or statuses. Interesting. But not never, never stat I. Never stat I. <laughs> Sorry. Probably. Worth a shot. On the show, it could be. <laughs> There's no rules about that, right? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. All right, Marissa, what are you, uh, what are you hoping Santa brings you when you, when you wake up in the morning? Um, my favorite thing on Christmas morning is my mom's breakfast. It's like she makes gluten-free pancakes with chocolate chips, bananas whipped cream on top. So it's 1 a.m. and I'm very excited for breakfast. Nice. That's, I feel like, you know, when you're getting old, right? <laughs> but what about you guys? No, well, I think that's exactly Bo, what you what want. Are you Wait, so you want a funny about? breakfast story real quick? Oh, I'm sorry. You go first. No, Zach, go ahead. Let's hear it. Okay. So uh, this morning, you know, I wanted to get out of the hotel. I don't have a car. Uh, and I found like a place that's a mile. It was 1.2 miles away. Uh, that looked like it had a good menu. I, I, I could get a, I could take a walk, get some fresh air. Um, tw- it's like 22 degrees outside, but this is fine. I, I'm from the Northeast. I went to college in Syracuse. It's not that windy. I can deal with 22 degrees. Okay. So I take, I'm the only person out, out, outside walking, like 22 degrees in Dallas. They treat it like a state of emergency. Okay. So I, I'm, 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 I'm walking here. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's about a 20 minute walk or so. And I get there place is closed. Oh, oh man. And, and so now you got to walk 20 minutes back. Um, you walk back, you didn't Uber back. No, I didn't Uber back. I didn't Uber wow. back. Um, but it was, that were like they closed because of the weather or because of Christmas, did you just no, not because of Christmas Eve? Oh. I, I, I Googled, I, I Googled it before. I checked the hours. They were open okay. based on, on, but then I guess because of Christmas Eve, but that's such a deflating feeling there. Mm, yeah. and, Brutal. Especially and they, when you know on the menu what you're already getting. So then what did you get? What did you do for breakfast? 
I just walked back and stopped um, at a hotel. And like a hotel, you know, like just a coffee shop at a hotel. Mm. Uh, just um, like a, a granola ball, a, a granola bowl. And that was it. So, uh, yeah, that that was mildly frustrating this morning. But I had a, I had a chance to listen to a good podcast. So which was I listened to the athletics Marcus Thompson uh, with Ethan Strauss. <laughs> he's talking he's, he's talking beat writing and <laughs> uh, that's what I listened to <laughs> why are you laughing <laughs> I didn't know that would be so funny Bill um, yeah I think you know why it's funny alright well that'll do it for this episode of oh, birds with no, friends no you didn't answer mercy's question to you I, oh I, I i'm excited i'm excited to see the kids see the setup that's what i'm excited for that's why i didn't go to the game to what be here Santa for that get them that you think they're gonna be like the most excited about uh jane uh has this little mini uh trampoline uh which is gonna be good for everybody because <laughs> lord knows she needs to get her energy out somehow um so, so it's I think, a gift to you as well yeah that's a gift for everybody um casey's he's gonna have a he's got some good stuff he's got his he, he asked santa for some sticker books um he's like animal sticker books that he likes um he'll be excited about that got some line guard stuff it's gonna be a fun time got his got his uh his new room set up that's good that's the, the, the big thing that's awesome yeah well, I hope you have a great day. And Zach, I hope you have a great day seeing your kids tomorrow, finally, too. I can't wait. Excited to see them. Miss them. Yeah, and everybody and all the listeners have a great yes. day with family. That's right. So for Zach and Marissa and Ethan, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the, the family time. We'll talk to you later this week. And as always, and for Santa too, we love you.